In today's show, we're looking at sleepers for fantasy basketball points leagues. Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and at Yahoo Sports Australia. And you can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore Beeble and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. We're looking at points leagues today, looking at points leagues tomorrow as well. And then uh, actually we're going to round out the week with a, with a mock draft that is going to be uh, a points league mock draft as well. So... Stay tuned for that. Stay tuned for announcements of how you can get into that Points League mock draft. It will be a salary cap mock draft for Points League. So stay tuned for information on that. Also, again, if you do want me to um, a video for your league, for your draft night, I'm on Cameo. So you can book me on Cameo. The uh, You can just search my name on Cameo. Or if you are on YouTube here, the link is in the description. And uh, happy to roast some of your league mates. Give a shout out to your friend and, uh, and just yeah, do an, an intro for your draft night or for your league or for whatever you need. Hit me up over there. We are, again, we're looking at points leagues. We're going to be looking at Yahoo. We're going to be looking at ESPN for sleepers for fantasy points leagues. So let's uh, let's look at those right now. And we'll start with Yahoo. And we'll start by looking at point guards. Darren Fox is criminally underranked. Now, part of, not part of the issue, but... Part of the difficulty, I guess, and part of the reason that I'm able to get on here on these podcasts and videos and shit on ESPN and Yahoo and, and um, you know, say, what are you doing with your rankings? And for some of them, it's absolutely justified, is that they're trying to thread a needle between a category league, a points league, a rotisserie format, and you are never going to get a one-size-fits-all situation. And that is why I'll always tell you rankings are bullshit. Like, when we, at Bus Monster, we are, we are not producing rankings lists. We are producing individual projections, and it's not as simple as going down a list and drafting off. If you do, you will lose your league. That's as simple as that. You cannot draft that way. Even in points leagues, there is a little bit of... it's You, you can probably get away with a little bit more in points leagues, but it's it's not as simple as that because you've got to factor into consideration, upside, downside, uh, injuries, uh, positional versatility, all that sort of stuff. All that's got to be factored in. But yeah, these guys go out. Yahoo does a rank. Now, what is it? Is it for category leagues? Is it for points leagues? Now, I'd argue that this first one here, Darren Fox, is ridiculous for all formats. He's ranked 56. That makes no sense. But Darren Fox, um, last season in a Yahoo default points league, was the 21st ranked player. So right there, even if he does, repeats what he did last year, you're getting a 30-plus spot boost. Like it's It's a huge, huge deal. I think he's better than that. I think he's probably going to be a top 15 points league guy this year. For Yahoo leagues, we're talking, of course, here. And if you took him at the end of the first round, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I think he's going to have a monster season, Foxy. And that ranking is ridiculous. There's absolutely no justification for it at all. Now, you would have heard me on the category league. Well, maybe you haven't because I'm not sure how much crossover there is between people watching the category and points league videos. If you are, hey, leave a comment. Or if you're in the chat in the premiere, tell me, do you watch all, all videos? It's great if you do. It's awesome. Um, ja Morant is too high at 51 in a category league. But in a points league, it's fine. He's really, really good in a fantasy points league. I think he's going to get better this season. Yeah, he comes in uh, ranked at 51 
on Yahoo. I, I think we're looking at a guy who's probably a third round sort of player, a top 35 option, maybe even top 30 option for this season. And you're getting him always ranked outside the top 50. Now, for both Fox and Morant, you see their ADPs, which are those numbers in the brackets there. Fox's is at 43, Morant's is at 39. They're still probably too high, especially the Fox one, but it is showing that people are you're reaching ahead of that rank to grab those players. D'Angelo Russell's ranked at 76. The people are actually letting him slide down to 78. There is injury risk with Russell for sure. Maybe he's part of a Simmons trade. I've got no idea. But I still think that he is pretty significant value coming in outside the top 75. Like I, I don't really see... Yeah, he was, what, 67th last season and played 28 minutes a night because of injuries. Like He plays his 32 a night. Like He smashes that. Like he, even, even in 28 minutes, he smashes it. It makes no sense to get him that late. Spencer Dinwiddie, who, again, if this was a category league, 72 is too high. But in a points league, it's too low. His game is suited to points leagues because he is a big scorer. He's a scorer and he gets assists. He doesn't do much else, but he scores. And yeah, I think he's a guy that can really nudge up against the top 50. And he's getting drafted at 80 as an ADP, 72 rank. Yeah, it's great value. And then we go to Josh Giddy, who they've got ranked outside of 12-team league consideration at 157. Now, people are reaching up for him at 144, which is the last round. I think he's going to be better than that. You don't have to worry about his poor percentages in points leagues. I think that he'll have a top 100 stretch towards the end of the year and probably end up like 120th, something like that. So that's... that's I think that's some pretty decent value for Josh Giddy around that time in the draft, especially if you're getting him in that last round. It really, you know, starting point guard upside for a guy in the last round, look, you've got to take that flight. It might not work, and if it doesn't, who cares? It's in your last round. You, you'd, uh, you drop him off after that, and maybe you pick him up later on. That's, that's how I'd be looking at that. Some other point guard sleepers for us to take a squeeze at. I think Cole Anthony's ridiculously ranked at 196. He's probably going to be the starter to begin the year while Markel Fultz is out. His game is suited to points leagues because he is a poor shooter. So at 196, it's ridiculous to me. He's a guy that you take in that 12th or 13th round of that 135 to 150 range in that area. Probably beats that significantly early on, drops off later later on in the season. But yeah, 196 means that you know, 16 team leagues are only barely discussing drafting him, which is pretty ridiculous. Cameron Payne doesn't have an ADP. He's ranked 299th. Just want to throw that out there to say that if you're in a 20, 18 to 16 team league, Cameron Payne is a draftable player. He should not be sliding as far as he has. Same with RJ Hampton at 388. He gets drafted in every single 20 team league and every 18 team league. So you're looking for upside in those last rounds. Hampton's got some upside. There are challenges for him to get those minutes, but 388 is insane. Jalen Brunson at 289. Makes no sense at all to have him that low. He was a top 200 player last season. Maybe he ends up in Toronto. If he doesn't, he's in the same position in Dallas that he was last season. So why wouldn't he be at worst like a top 220 player? 289 makes no sense. And same with Peyton Pritchard at 316. Yeah, I don't think Pritchard's going to start. And the fact that Marcus Smart and Dennis Schroeder are both there in Boston makes it harder for him. But I think he's going to get 20 minutes a night pretty easily. Um, could push for more. Could easily be better than Schroeder this season. And that number, that rank, is expecting him to not improve a single bit from last year where he ranked 316th. And I don't think that is any sort of uh, any sort of realistic expectation for where Pritchard goes in his second season. When you go to watch live sports, you watch it in one spot. 
when you go to watch your other shows. You've got another login and then you watch your highlights on your phone and then you get your friends login for something else. It's, it's all over the place. There's clutter everywhere. There's so many different things to remember and so many different um, ways to get that entertainment you love. I've got a great way for you to finally get your TV together. It's called Direct TV Stream. It brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before, so you can watch all your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever again. And the best part, there is no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with Direct TV Stream. You can find out more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible device required and content varies by package. If you are new to fantasy basketball or you're looking to get people into fantasy basketball, there's a new app in the game and that is the Sleeper app. You might have played Sleeper for fantasy football. Well, Sleeper offers fantasy basketball now as well. They only offer points leagues and they only offer their game pick format, which is a format where for the week, you only pick one game for the player. So you don't have to worry about if they play three game weeks or four game weeks. They only play one game for the week, which is great to get people who are you know, not familiar with fantasy basketball and only familiar with fantasy football into the sport. And we want more people playing this hobby as, as, as many as possible. Sleeper's app is slick. It is unbelievably functional. It looks great. It's easy to use. The app and how everything works there is awesome. So download that Sleeper app. Get your workmates, get your friends involved in fantasy basketball leagues. Download that up and uh, and get things started right now. All right, let's move on to some more sleepers for you. Actually, before I do, a quick quick mention. I'm not going to be covering sleeper ADPs or sleeper sleeper sleepers or sleeper busts in these videos. You're all well aware of in terms of you know what I think of of the sleeper game pick format for a for a a, a fantasy player. But for a new player, I think it's I think it's great. For a seasoned player, I don't like that lack of functionality, and I don't like their default scoring system either. I'll be I'll be honest with you; like they're obviously sponsoring the show, and the things that I say about them in terms of the app being great are true. I don't like the lack of functionality in terms of the, the only game pick and only points format, and their default points format have you're detracting points for flagrant fouls and tech fouls. I think is frankly ridiculous. But you can go and change all of that stuff over there. So what I say in terms of getting people in and getting people who like a fantasy football format into fantasy basketball, it is a great absolute beginner step. And that is that remains true. For people who are longtime fantasy basketball people, I would not suggest doing it. It's just honesty. And you know, if sleepers have an issue with that, I've told them that directly to their face. So that's fine. Anyway. Um, you guys didn't need to hear that, I'm sure. But anyway, let, let's talk. Uh, let's talk shooting guard sleepers right now. CJ McCullum at number 58. I think CJ is a guy who at times gets overrated in fantasy situations, but him at 58, I think is is pretty good uh, value. Last season, he was the 38th ranked player. All right, that's how how much are we expecting a drop off here for CJ? You know, 40, 45, maybe. It's still over a round's worth of value if you're getting him at 58. Colin Sexton, a guy, again, I think has got limited upside, but he was the 53rd ranked player last year. So ranking him at 80 doesn't make a ton of sense. Again, are you trying to thread that needle between category leagues and points leagues and end up just screwing it up? But there's tremendous value in Sexo there. No reason to think that he couldn't push inside to that top 50. He might not, but there's no reason to think that he couldn't do it. Jalen Suggs is at 111, and taking rookies can be risky. That's, yeah, I don't think that's a surprise to anybody. But I think Suggs is good enough to average like 30 fantasy points per game this year. 
I would happily take him in round like round eight, maybe round nine, which is around this area. But I think he's I think he's going to be a top one hundred guy, especially second half of the season. And then um, we go on to uh, Tyler Hero. Everyone has a hero. True. Zero people shouldn't have a hero. Maybe the hero hate's gone a little bit too far. I don't know why he's sitting there at 181. Last season, he ranked 104th in points leagues in 30 minutes. No reason with no... You know, Kyle Lowry places Goran Dragic, but Kendrick Nunn's gone. Victor Oladipo's not healthy. No reason for me that hero can't get close to that number again. 181's insane. That puts him out of 14-team leagues. And to me, he's a 12-team league draftable points league guy. Makes no sense to have him down there. And then uh, the swimmer, Jordan Poole, 179. Poole's going to start, I believe. Well, even if he doesn't start, he's played close to starters minutes while Clay Thompson's out. He is a guy that's going to get... Pre- There's not many guys on that Warriors team that can create their own shot, and Jordan Poole is one of them. Last season... He played 19 minutes. He ranked 238. That's not particularly good, but 179 puts him out of 12-team league discussions. To me, he's a great last-round flyer for your standard league formats, um, especially early on in the season. And if you need to drop him in February when Clay Thompson's sort of getting back to normal, do it. That's fine. Cousin Kev. Kevin Porter Jr. He's ranked 90th. His ADP is 98th. He's a top 50 points league guy, I'm pretty sure, this season. No John Wall. The efficiency doesn't hurt you in this sort of situation. Uh, That's ridiculous. That is a huge, huge steal. I think Karis LeVert also is a steal at 71. Part of the the drawback for him in category leagues can be his shooting percentages. He averaged 37 fantasy points a game last year. That was good for top 45. So 71 is insanity. RJ Barrett at 108. His ADP's in at 90, which is fine. But in a points league, he's a top 75 sort of player. Now, there is a concern that Kemba and Fournier take some of the value away from Barrett. And and I have baked that in. But you're talking 35, 40 spots worth of value here. They also could bake in that he's heading into his third year. Maybe he takes a step forward. That's great value. Jalen Green at 101, I think is pretty good value in a points league. You're not that worried about all the shots he's going to take that he ends up missing, which is great because... That inefficiency could become a problem, but that doesn't matter. Now, his ADP is at 88. I think that's probably getting close to the right area. But if he's falling down closer to where his rank is, which is at 101, yeah, then there is a little bit of value in getting Jalen there. Mikhail Alexander-Walker is an interesting one. His rank's coming to 103, but his ADP is at 125. That's because his rank was way lower. Now, I think Alexander Walker is a top 100 candidate. Every Pelicans thing that I've seen suggests that he's going to be the starting shooting guard. That's talking to Lockdown Pelicans host, you know, article written over on The Athletic as well about their starting line. They all assume Alexander Walker's the starter, and he should be a top 100 player. So if you're getting him in the 100s or 120s, yeah, I think there is some really, really good value in Nikhil for this upcoming season. So I'm pretty excited to see what he's going to be able to do. In terms of um, small forwards... Andy Wiggins, always been a better points league guy than category league player. He's at 96. He should be able to extract 20 spots of value out of that easily. Last year, he ranked 70th, 32 fantasy points. Is that possible again? Of course it is. So there's great value there. John Isaac is an injury risk for sure. And I think he's one of a couple of players who will miss back-to-backs for majority of the season. But at 125, like I think even baking that in, there's value in taking him there. That's really good value. And while you have heard me criticize Keldon Johnson and his fantasy value a lot on this show, in a points league, it's the exact opposite. At 113, there's great value. I think he's a top 90 candidate for points leagues. For category leagues, 
think we're having an earthquake. What's going on? House is shaking. Yo, what is going on? Whoa, we are having a huge earthquake. Holy shit. Whoa. What is happening? Uh, I'm going to leave this in the video because that was crazy as my... Whoa. Can you guys see everything shaking? I'm going to go check out what the hell's going on. All right. I'm back. Who knows if we're going to get an aftershock come through, but that was a 5.6 earthquake that occurred 150 kilometers from the house. Um, holy shit. It's not the first earthquake that I've been through when we were in Vegas for Summer League 2019. We copped two earthquakes in a day there, one in the morning and the whole like building shook and then one at Summer League after Zion's game. Um, but yeah, that's a... Whew. We don't get earthquakes here. So that was pretty weird to experience. I don't even know where I was up to. I was talking about Calden Johnson, wasn't I? Let's go back to talk about Calden Johnson right now. Oh, man. Whew. I was going to say that shook me, but I didn't want to use it as a bad pun. But Jesus Christ, that was something. Anyway, Calden Johnson. Not a guy that's going to get steals or blocks or assists or threes. But in a points league, I think he's a great pick in the top 100. The opportunity, minutes, usage is all going to be there. And that's really what so much of it comes down to when we're talking points leagues. Barton, Will Barton's at 155. That's just tremendous value, really. I don't see how we're... How are you going past Barton? at the yeah, 155 is the second last pick in the draft. That's ridiculous to me. He's a, oh, Last year, he struggled, and he averaged almost 25 points, and that was good for top 135. Yeah, so there's already value there. I think he can get closer to the top 100 this year. And then Timmy Hardaway at 170. It just doesn't make a huge amount of sense to have Hardaway down that low. He was... He, look, last year, we, we remember what he did in the playoffs. He was bad to start the year. There's no second guessing that. He only averaged 24 fantasy points. I think he can get to 26 or 27. But that puts him firmly into 12-team league discussions and not at 170, which is you know, out of the 12-team league realm. Um, guys, I'm going to need some energy replacement and I'm going to need to do it healthily and I'm going to need to do it deliciously. And I'm going to do that by taking a... Well, not taking. I'm going to eat a Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. Whatever your favorite flavor, cookies and cream, raspberry, strawberry, orange, mint, brownie, whatever it is. New flavor out today, Cookie Chunk, I think it is. Cookie Dough Chunk is back today for Built Bar. So go and get yourself these bars. But not only are they delicious, but they also taste great. No, it's, they're the same things. My brain is fried. Not only do they taste delicious, but they're also healthy. 130 to 180 calories per bar, 17 to 18 grams of protein, 4 to 5 grams of sugar, and 4 to 5 grams of net carbs in these bars. And you can get them now for 15% off if you head to built.com and use our promo code LOCKED15. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5 at built.com and save 15% off Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar ever. We're back and Better than ever. All eyes are on the gridiron as football season has started. And as always, BetOnline is your number one spot for all your pro and college football action this season. With a new updated site and interface, even more odds, props, and contests, BetOnline.ag continues to be your number one source for everything football. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive a 100% welcome bonus. That is double your initial deposit just for signing up. Don't forget, use the promo code NFL100. From football, basketball, boxing, and right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all of the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. BetOnline are your online sportsbook experts. Let's move on now to talking about some more small forward options. And we've got um, 
on Yahoo, Dylan Brooks at 138. Again, a guy that can really platoon on platoon destroy you that's a better word in category leagues with his shooting but it doesn't really matter here he's going to get minutes he's going to get shots he's going to forcibly take those shots if they don't get given to him so he is going to be able to put up numbers that are probably 20 spots better than that ranking area um goose anthony edwards (music) 54 it's does it seem high perhaps but i still think that edwards at that number provides value. I think he can nudge into the fourth round, into the top 36, not top, top, sorry, not top 36. Top 48 is the fourth round. I think he's in the fourth round pretty comfortably. I think he could nudge maybe even the third round in a points league and getting him at that 50 spot, 54, and his ADP at 58 is, is tremendous. I think Josh the Hitman Hart at 257 is, it makes no sense. I don't mind him, especially in a 14-team league. You grab him in round 12. If you want to take him, I think he's a low upside player for 12-teamers, but if you want to take him, I think he can be a top 140 guy pretty easily. But 257 makes no sense. You have to scroll all the way down to 310 to find Terrence Mann, who could be a starter for the Clippers. Now, I don't necessarily think he's going to be great, but I think he's going to be better than 310th, and he's absolutely worth a flyer with your last pick just to see what happens. And then you've got Kenyon Martin Jr., who, again, is even lower than Terrence Mann at 323. Not saying he's a 12-team league guy, but he'd be better than this. 16-teamers, you've got to pay attention. Can he be a top 200 guy? Yeah, possibly. Let's just have a look. Where did Kenyon actually finish last year? 186th in 24 minutes a night. He could possibly get you know that similar value again this season, I think. I don't think that's uh, any sort of outrageous expectation for Kenyon Martin Jr. for this upcoming season. Let's move on now and talk power forwards. Zion's the obvious one. He's at 27 on Yahoo. I think he's a first-round guy in points leagues without really too much uh, issue. He was 20th last year. Um, his ADP is at 18, but I think he takes another step forward. I think he's a 45 to 46, 47-point guy this year. Um, yeah, that's He's a first-round player in points leagues. The... Um, the double royal, Julius Randle. He is at number 31. Last year, he was 16th in points leagues. Now, I do think he will take a step back this season, but not that far. Yeah, At the turn of the second round is a perfect spot for Randle. Even if you go inside the top 20, there's no problem with that. At 31, it's ridiculous. I don't like Aaron Gordon for category leagues. But for points leagues, I think he's fine. At that 127 mark, you might be able to sneak you know, 20 spots of value for him there. Maybe you get you know, 15 spots of value at 127. I think there is some pretty good value. Last year, he averaged 26 fantasy points. I think he can be a little bit better than he was in Denver. Um, because I just think you're having that off-season to work and the preseason to work together will help him. I don't like Rui Hachimura as a category league guy. You're all well aware of that. I don't think he's... Future is as high as some people think. Someone literally commented on one of my videos saying in two years, he's going to be Giannis, which is a level of um, optimism that I don't think I could possibly stomach. It's ridiculous to me, but that doesn't matter because at 163, it's great value. Rui in a points league is a guy that's pushing the top 110, maybe top 100. So a great, great points league option. While Marvin Bagley, again, a guy that I do not think is a good player at all. But if they force him into 25 minutes a night, which will be to the detriment of them winning, but that hasn't stopped Sacramento in the past, he's a much better points league guy than category league guy. I wouldn't touch him in the top 200 for categories. In points league, as a last-round guy, if for some reason they say, well, we're going to play 30 minutes of Marvin Bagley, he'll be a top 100 guy if he plays 30 minutes. He probably won't, but if he does, maybe there's something there. 
Let's look at some center sleepers now. I think um, I think Yusuf Nurkic is someone that we need to look at. No question about it. I am ready to get hurt again. A rank of 59, an ADP of 68. I just think he's going to be healthier. I think he's going to be used much better. If he cracked the top 35, I would not be surprised at all. People are going to be very much yeah, staying away from Nurkic. Oh, he killed me last year, so I can't, uh, can't go with him this year, which is just a horrible attitude for fantasy. I'm happily getting back on Nurkic. You're going to get him at a discount, and I'm happy with that. The table one, Trez Harrell's at 142. He might be out of the rotation in February when Thomas Bryant's back. Maybe. But if I can get him in round 12 or round 13 and get top 100 value, which he can do in a points league for the first three months, sweet, sign me up. Mason Plumley's at 134. Even if he plays 25 minutes a night, the top 100 is absolutely a possibility for Plumley in Charlotte. Uh, there is no other center on that roster. They're going to be It's going to be him and PJ Washington Jr. Also, that's not true. There's no other centers who are NBA caliber on that roster. They've got Kai Jones, Nick Richards, and Vernon Carey Jr. who are not, are not ready for minutes. So Plumlee's going to get at least 25, you would expect, and he beats that number comfortably. I like getting LaMarcus Aldridge with the last pick. 245th, he's ranked on Yahoo. He only played five games for the Nets last season, and I think there is a huge chance that he starts. And as I've said plenty of times on this show before, people go, I worry about his health. I, I, or he's going to be limited because of his heart. I, I do not think that any doctor would have said, LaMarcus, you've got a heart problem. Maybe you could die from it, but you can only die if you play more than 20 minutes a night. There's no, uh, there's, it's either you're either good or you're not. All right? I'm, I'm pretty sure that is the calculus there. It is, you are healthy enough to play or you are not. Like that is, to me, that is the discussion. So I'll take that flyer on him with the last pick. He's better than Blake Griffin, I believe. Do I, would I rather have Nick Claxton in there personally? Yes, but they won't do that. And th- look, this is a guy that was a top 40 player two years ago. I don't expect him to reclaim anywhere near that value, but with a last pick, sure. I put this one in because it's interesting. He's ranked 644th. That is 644th. Alperen Shengun. I think that the absence of John Wall helps Shengun. I think there'll be a point this year where he gets 25 minutes a night and he probably knocks down the top 120 in, in points leagues. Last round pick, just to see how they run that rotation, sure. But that's more me telling you in 20s and 18s and 16 team leagues, grab him because he's way down the list. And then Ken Birch is at 293. Not the biggest Birch fan, but I love him for 14 team leagues. And at 293, that's putting him out of the discussion for almost almost every league, really. And that doesn't make a huge amount of sense now, does it? No, is the answer. All right, let's move on. And let's talk ESPN. Because ESPN has a different points system than what Yahoo does. So we need to look at how their ranks and their ADP values in with how I project these guys to, to look. So, there are some familiar names. Ja Morant's at 52 on ESPN. He's going to be better than that. D'Angelo Russell's at 70 with an ADP of 79. He's going to be better than that. We've talked about those guys already. What about this guy? Maximum Derek. Derek White is at um, 81 ranked on ESPN, but people are looking at him at the top of that list at 81 and going, we'll let him slide 20 spots because his ADP is 104. That is nonsense. Now, last season, in a year where he was lower usage, lower assist rate, and injured, he averaged 29 fantasy points. That was good for the top 100. So we set that as an absolute baseline, 95th. I think that he can push into the top 60, maybe top 50. There is a lot of value, I believe, in Derek White at that spot. Cousin Kev, we've spoken about already. He's even further down the ranks on ESPN at 115. Now, ESPN default scoring 
does take into consideration efficiency, but there's no reason that Porter can't be a top 70 player. And if you're getting him at 110, there's obviously pretty significant value there. And then Tyrese Halliburton is at 80, and he's also falling down to 96 in with ADP. That makes no sense. He was 75th last year. He played 30 minutes. So you're looking at him and going, I think he's going to do significantly worse than last year. And that is not a thought process you should be having if you have any understanding of how fantasy works. He It just isn't. Now, maybe he doesn't improve much, but even if he doesn't improve much, yeah, at 75, you're still getting a lot of value for Halliburton. I don't know why I call him that. Halliburton there with an ADP at 96, which is just far, far too low. Let's look at some other point guard sleepers for ESPN. Reggie Jackson's at 161. That puts him out of their 12-team um, league discussion, which is silly. He should be picked in like round 11, round 12, I think. I'm not... Like his game for category leagues isn't particularly great because of his lack of threes and steals and sometimes poor efficiency. But for points leagues, he's going to get a lot of usage with no Kawhi. So I think that works out pretty well. Josh Giddy's not ranked on ESPN. He's got an ADP of 139. We talked about him already on the Yahoo section. Monty Morris is at 190. I believe he will be the starting point guard for the Nuggets. Therefore, happily taking him with the last pick. Now, he's not a particularly high upside guy or a particularly exciting, sexy fit fantasy guy, but uh, yeah, he's better than this. He's like a 10th round sort of guy, like a, a 125 to 135 sort of player, not 190. And then similarly, Killian Hayes at 225. I'll take him in 12 teams last round. 14s, 16s, I'll take him in that last round. Starting point guard upside, like Morris, like Giddy, like Jackson, it's not something to muck around with. If a starting point guard is available in the last round of your draft, you take them and then you figure out what happens with them later on because that upside's huge. If it pays off, it's massive value. And they are four guys who are starting point guards or presumed starting point guards who are available in the last round. Let's look at some shooting guard options. Uh, Kyrie Irving's at 29. It's, it's insanity. It's, it's more insanity in a category league to have him down that low. But even in a points league where Kyrie is not as good, he was, he was not as good in, in Yahoo points leagues. But in ESPN points leagues last year, Kyrie ranked seventh. All right, that's how good he was on a per-game basis. He averaged almost 50 fantasy points. Now, I'm expecting that to drop off, but not from 7th to 29th. He's a good second-round pick. Goose is at 63. Anthony Edwards, we've talked about that already. He's really, really got much more value than that. I think yeah, we're looking at his value being able to push top 50. RJ Barrett at 106, some great value coming there for him as well. He's uh, a guy that finished 103rd last year. I think he can be better than that with an improvement in his efficiency this season. Norman Powell at 117 is just far too low. He should be able to crack the top 100. He did it last year, but even if he's like 105th, he's still getting a round's worth of value of him there. And then similarly to Yahoo, Timmy Hardaway sits at 143, and I'd rather take him a couple of rounds, a couple of rounds higher than that. But remember, ESPN's point scoring system is different to Yahoo's, so you do have to factor that in with your scoring. A couple of other shooting guards to take a look at. Um, Gary Trent's at 179. Now, I do not like Gary Trent all that much from a fantasy uh, category perspective, but from a points league, sure. Like he's going to have some bad shooting nights. The fact that he's at 179 means he's out of 12-team league discussions on ESPN ranks, which is silly. I think he's like a 10th round player. Maybe you want to go in the ninth. Top 120 is a possibility for him for ESPN points leagues. And then same with Yahoo with Jordan Poole. He's at 237. It's just too far down, especially for a guy who's got a chance to play 30 plus minutes for the first two to three months of the season, which I think, I do think Jordan Poole has that opportunity. Um, small forwards. Toby Harris at 66. I, I, I can't, 
I cannot. I don't know why I spoke like that. I cannot understand that. He was 44th last year. So you're expecting him to drop off from where he was last season, where he averaged 38 fantasy points. I don't expect that to happen. And then there's a possibility of a Simmons trade happening. I, I think if you're getting Harris at 66, it's a steal. I think Isaac at 104 is John Isaac at 104 is a pretty good deal as well. We've spoken about him. But one of the best deals on the board for any format is Mikhail Bridges at 145. Now, Bridges is probably 30 spots worse in a points league versus where he is in a category league. But him at 145 makes no sense whatsoever. Bridges is a pretty clear uh, steal guy. He would look, you know, steal in terms of you're getting him for a steal. He ranked 89th last year in uh, averaging 30. What did he average? Why can't I find the number? He averaged 30 and a half points per game. Like, that is not the 145th best player. That is just absolute theft. I think the wild thing, Jay Sean Tate, who's not ranked, he's got an ADP of 140, but basically anyone who doesn't get drafted usually gets an ADP of 140. That's how ESPN puts him out. Yeah, he, the, the absence of Johnny Wall pushes him close to the top 100. So that is great value there. And then Calden Johnson, which I've already mentioned, he's at 172, which I think is pretty good for um, category leagues, but he's knocking on the top 110 door in ESPN points leagues. So that is really... Even that 138 ADP for Calden is still providing you probably 30 spots of value for him for this upcoming season. Let's look at some more small forwards. The depressed penis Sadiq Bay is at 144. Again, not sure if his upside's particularly high, but I do think that it's better than where he sits in that position. Bob Covington at 132. We know that that is ridiculous from a category league perspective. We also know that Robert Covington is worse in points leagues, but despite struggling last season a lot, he was the 109th ranked player in ESPN Points League. So he's obviously better than this. Terrence Mann at 283, absolutely fine as a last round flyer. And same goes for Isaac Okoro at 232. Now, Okoro ended last season on a pretty big high. Now, he was pretty shit for most of the year, but there's no reason he can't average 22 points. He averaged 18 last year. And that you know, 22 pushes him well inside that, um, well inside that top 230, which is where that uh, ranking would push him. Let's look at some power forwards now. Zion at 20 again, first round guy. There's value there. I think we've got to look at Porzingis. Porzingis at 73 is a gigantic steal. I know that he's worries about his injuries and that's fine. But 73 takes all that into consideration. On a per game basis, he'll smash that number. I have no worries about that whatsoever. He was 43rd on a per game basis last season. And I think he improves from there. And 73 is ridiculous. Same as Jaron Jackson at 91. I think people are banking or you're baking while he was injured last year. So we're going to drop him way down. It doesn't make any sense to me to have Jaron Jackson as far down as that. He he did finish 93rd last year. So to be fair to ESPN rankers, he, he did finish 93rd in his 23 minutes a night. I don't know if they're not looking at those numbers or not, but he's not playing 23 minutes a night. He will smash this number. One of the best ones out there. Johnny Collins at 105. There is literally no explanation that makes any sense to have Collins at that spot. You cannot justify it no matter how hard you try. He played 29 minutes a game last year and was 71st. So even if he plays just 29 again, which I think he might get to 30-31, he was going to be in that same area. There is absolutely no justification for John Collins being at 105. And Jeremy Grant at 99. While I think Grant will probably step back from last year, he was 65th last year. I don't think he's stepping back 30-plus spots. So some real massive, massive values in those power forward categories over there on or power forward position over on ESPN. Some more power forward sleepers. Uh, Aaron Gordon at 151. I spoke about him already. I do think there is upside there. Larry Nance at 174. A better category league guy for sure than a points league player. But 
he was 105th in the ESPN points leagues last year, averaging 28 points. And I think he's probably a 25 to 26 guy, but that puts him in that last round discussion for you there. Hachimura, I mentioned already, he's at 175, a much better points league guy than that. While Chumura Kiki doesn't have a ranking, um, I don't know how that's all going to fit in with him. But he's a 12th or 13th round player. Just take a flyer and see where it goes. And then Jay Crowder's all the way down at 248. Now, I don't think Crowder's got particularly high upside, but I, I definitely know that he's better than 248th. And his ADP at 139. He's probably the right spot there for Crowder um, coming in there. Let's go through the last position group now, and that is centers on ESPN. Yusuf Nurkic at 85. Way more value for Nurk at 85 than what it is on uh, Yahoo at like 59. Love Nurkic at that spot. And he's actually falling to 95. And their center rankings, they're all over the place. What, what is going on here? Robert Williams at 119. Okay. Better category league guy than points league? Sure. 119 is insanity. Um, absolutely no, again, justification for that. Williams in 19 minutes a game last year was 102nd. No justification. Rahorn. 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 Holmes at 86. No. Like, again, a better category league guy than a points league player, but that's fine. Last season, Holmes, he was 64th in only 29 minutes. So that's like baseline, I would say, for where he where his production is. Miles Turner one is ridiculous. Um, he's at 133. He was 55th last year. I, I expect him to take somewhat of a step back in blocks. Not 85 spots. And then uh, Alf Stewart is another one that I think is uh, ridiculously ranked. Is that you, Mr. Stewart? Well, who the hell else do you think it'd be? Get in here, you pair of flaming galahs. Isaiah Stewart played 21 minutes a night last year. He was 175th. So they're expecting an improvement from him, but they've ranked him at 121. And people on ESPN are seeing him at 121. They go, nah, let's let a whole round pass before we pick him at 133. That's foolish. He's a top 100 guy. Again, a better category league guy than a points league player. But those numbers are, um, are pretty ridiculous. There And then let's go on to our last grouping, the, the, the remainder of the centers that are there. Jakob Pertl's at 101. You don't have to deal with his poor free throw impact as much here. He was 104th last year. I think he's going to improve on that. He played just 27 minutes a night. That should improve this season. Wendell Carter's at 150. I think 130, 120 is probably the right spot. So a couple of rounds there. Dan Gafford at 149. Again, these are guys they're looking at as last round flyers where I think they should be going in round 10 or 11. That sort of area. Derek Favors at 253. Love him as a late pick. You might get three months of value, but it's better than 253. And then Mo Bamba comes in at 186. Again, a guy that if the minutes will fall his way, he's going to beat that number pretty comfortably. And uh, he is a guy that can produce in, uh, in limited playing time. Last year, Bamba played 16 minutes and he was 210th. I expect him to play more than that and be better than that. And I think he could even be like a top 130 guy, even in backup minutes. So I don't understand getting him at number 186. We made it through the rest of this podcast without another earthquake, thankfully. Hopefully we don't get hit here again today and everything remains fine. The house is okay. Everyone's safe. So that's all good news. But you can uh, you can go and follow this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on the Odyssey app. You can also, if you are here on YouTube, you can go, give it a thumbs up, ring the bell, Leave your comments down below and make sure you are subscribing. Also, forgot to mention, yesterday I put out a question like to guess what my first AFL game that I attended was. A couple of people got it right. I've sent the DM to the person who got selected. But the first game that I saw in 1988 was round two, Footscray versus Melbourne at the Western Oval. And it was the game where Rod Grinter smashed Terry Wallace's teeth in 
And it was a huge, huge scandal. And I was there right in front of me that happened. I was like, holy shit, is this what happens at the footy? Guy getting his face smashed in. Um, so I, there's probably footage of that. Rod, Rod Grinter, Terry Wallace. You can have a look at that. That happened in the first game that I went to. Melbourne was the correct answer. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.